You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, boys and girls, to episode 186 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Taylor... What? What? Stealing my gimmick now? <laughs> I am everyone now. The show is me. I'm Skeletoni. I'm, I'm Taylor of Terror. You know what I was? I think I wasn't like preparing myself to say Skeletoni, and I was just going to say Tony. But then I'm like, wait, no, that's not right. And then I started <laughs> Taylor of Terror for some reason. <laughs> Brains are funny. Uh, hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Let's hope it gets better. <laughs> Bang and start. Uh, how's it going, Taylor? Not so bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what's new with you? Uh, well, I watched probably the w- one of the greatest wrestling pay-per-views I've ever seen last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was the, uh, the AEW? Yep. Right. It was a phenomenal show. Nice, nice. And had your own show, too. That's true. Yeah. We just realized we hadn't actually talked about that on yeah. this one, on this show. Without a Cause has returned. Whack is back. Everybody was safe. Nothing nothing popping up. Nope. That's when, uh, I, I mean, we were going to get into this later, but we, we had a little bit of a COVID moment where we learned we may have been exposed. And But uh, Max said there, there was no reports of any kind of uh, positive cases coming out of Whack. So. That's good. Yeah. Exciting, good stuff. Yeah, great show. Said you couldn't, uh, you couldn't announce from the ring, right? Yeah, our our wireless mics for some reason would only work as long as Max's computer wasn't plugged in. That's weird. Yeah, so it was like we can have ring announcing or we can have music, but we can't have both. <laughs> uh, so we we ended up having to use a corded mic, and so yeah, I couldn't get to the middle of the ring. Oh, you should ask me. I have like cords that are a million million feet long. I I figured you probably did, but I also figured if I was like, "Hey, can you come to Everett right now?" you'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> I'd be like, "No, why don't you come down?" <laughs> cool. Uh yeah, so I mean uh what was it? Concurrently, is that the right word? Or simultaneously? I don't know where you're going, so concurrently, I guess would be present simultaneously would have been in the past maybe simultaneously is at the same time yeah concurrently is after does that mean two things happened at the same time in the past i don't think so i think concurrently means after like if something happens concurrently of something else it happens after it okay well simultaneously (laughs) which means at the same time for those of you at home uh, it was also Crypticon Seattle weekend, uh, which was fun. Uh, it was nice to get back into, you know, Crypticon mode. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely a little more, a uh, little more subdued this year for obvious reasons. Little, yeah, little less attended, but still, still quite well attended. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a lot of guests did have to pull out for various reasons, not just COVID reasons. Beautiful Billy Zane, unfortunately, got caught by Hurricane Ida. Yeah. Uh, but his yeah. presence was felt not only by his sister but by us representing him <laughs> in pretty much every panel we were on. Yeah, he was he was very very much discussed by the Grave Plot podcast. Um, yeah, so we had a busy weekend. We had panels all three days of of the con. Um, we only had one the first day, but we had like like five or six the next day, mm-hmm. and then one the the following day, uh, which was our annual podcasting panel or discussion, uh, which Taylor wasn't able to attend this year because of uh, WAC. But um, yeah, no, I had a lot of fun. Uh, But like you said, it was definitely a lot less, um, I don't want to say it was less energetic. Less raucous? I guess. I mean, obviously. Although the the casket list, (laughs) it got pretty wild this year. It did get wild. (laughs) Uh, yeah, which, you know, it seemed like that's such a well-attended panel and mm-hmm. it, it was pretty well attended mm-hmm. this year. Um, and, uh, it seems like in years past we've had a pretty full panel. Yeah. But because I feel like our, all, I think all the panels were smaller this year. Yeah. I don't know if that was by design or if we had fewer panelists or, or what, but, uh, yeah, I think I talked about this on the last episode, just. Like we each submitted our own preferences for panels, but fucking Jason, the guy that organizes all the uh, all the panels, he just put us both on all of the panels that Taylor asked for. <laughs> so there are two panels in in particular that I was completely unprepared for. <laughs> so, but it was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely feel that all all the. You know, our Crypticon family, all our, our friends and stuff that we see every year. Uh, the the absence of Crypticon last year was definitely felt in, you know, interactions between people. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. I know. You know, there's, I, I think a lot of people, um, they do see each other in between cons, but for like, for us, most of the people that we see at cons are like our friends. We 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 don't really see them outside of Crypticon, right? And Which we is, did see the horror addicts who like they're from the other side of the state, so it's not like we could hang out with them much. If yeah, we wanted to. So yeah, they like you know come and they stay at the hotel and stuff. So Crypticon's pretty much the only time we get to see them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had got like our friends in like City of Geek, um, who a few or a couple of them didn't even come this year just out of, out of safety or convenient era. Like I know Bob from city of geek, he just, he had a baby a month before we did. And, um, him and his wife, not us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's, I know he's being a stay at home dad. Um, and his wife had to go back to work and then COVID on top of that, it was just too complicated for them to, Make it work. So there's there's a lot of stuff like that. It wasn't just solely COVID. It's just like I can't make it work this year. Sorry. Yeah. And I mean, it's also you know a completely different time. We're used to it being uh, May, beginning of May. Yeah. First weekend of May. Yeah. Uh, no, end of May usually, right? Isn't that usually like Memorial Day weekend? No, it was the beginning of May when we started. Or sorry, end of May when we started going, but then they moved to the beginning of May. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, I think it was like the first year or second year, or maybe both. Yeah, we went, like I was at Crypticon on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, because on my 30th birthday, we had to leave early for my That's right. surprise yeah. birthday party. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was so funny. I know, trying to convince you to leave without being like, it's your fucking birthday party, let's just go. <laughs> I like, I, we, we probably told the story on the show, but I mean, it's been six years at this point, but yeah, we were at Crypticon. And I wanted to go to the the after party like really bad um, because I think we had to skip it the first or the pre- previous year or something. I don't remember. There, there. Were, I, I wanted to go and like I was, I was kind of pissed off that we couldn't. Um, and yeah, Taylor's like, where? What was the excuse? We I, I don't even remember. Oh, it was. You said we were going to Lynn's birthday party. Yes. But it was actually my birthday party. So I was all just steaming and pissed off that we had to leave Crypticon. And then, yeah, we show up to this bar and I see all my friends and family there. <laughs> really surprised. Oh, fuck. I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it works for me, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Anyway. Yeah, so Crypticon was great. Um Albeit on a you know somewhat reduced capacity, um, but like Taylor said, uh, you know the, this is about as safe as a, a you know widely attended event could be. People were masked, people were vaccinated, and people or or, or had like uh, proof that they had been they had a negative COVID test within like the last seventy two hours or something like that. And they had temperature screenings when you came in. Yeah. Personally, I think they should have limited it to only vaccinated people because you're just welcoming disaster because a lot of things can happen in 72 hours. Yeah. But that's... But also, as a lot of people pointed out when they announced that there had been you know positive tests, that it's still in a hotel and not all those hotel guests are required to be vaccinated or have negative tests. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't know anybody personally who is who got sick, at least... Not that I'm, I've been made aware of, um, but uh, yeah, there apparently have been some reports of people who attended Crypticon who got sick. I know Darcy, the male girl who was traveling with Joe Bob, uh, she got COVID. Um, and just the timing is she she either had it before she came to Crypticon or she got it at Crypticon. I, I feel like the timing, she there's no way she could have gotten it afterwards. And she's vaccinated. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I feel bad. I mean, it's the it's the risk we all took. I mean, we all said I'm willing to take this risk, including the guests. Um, but I feel bad for a guest to come to our convention and leave sick. You know? Yeah. But like you said, they took every precaution. Um, but you know, with all these different variants and stuff, it's just the the breakthrough cases are becoming more prominent. Yeah. Now there's apparently this Moo variant that is like immune to the vaccines. I don't know. I'm familiar with that one. Oh yeah, I just heard about it uh, like two or three days ago. Apparently, there's a couple cases in LA. Neat. Yeah. <sighs> well, I guess we'll just all stay inside. <laughs> no, we won't. Smart people will, but not not everyone. Yeah, that's. I'm. You may have seen the uh, title of this episode by now and realized. I thought you know. I thought they said they were going to do Candyman. Uh, 
no, we decided to stay inside. With with this, you know, this thing with COVID cases coming out of Crypticon, we we both got tested and we had to wait for our results. So then we couldn't really get to a theater to go see the new Candyman. Yeah, we were kind of on the fence. Like we, we probably would have at least recorded remotely, but like even doing an in person ep- uh, episode was in question. Yeah. Yeah, like we were, we were like we we're both kind of just like I don't know if I want to go to a theater right now. And then the stuff that happened with CryptoCon. So not only we did we have to wait for results before going anywhere, that I think you know kind of put the fear of God into both of us. We're just like now I definitely don't want to go to a theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's like to go to CryptoCon and think I'm being as safe as I possibly can. I mean, aside from when we were actually doing panels. And when we were like eating or you know drinking something, we had our masks on mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, and uh, yeah, just to think, you know, I'm being as safe as I possibly can, and then get the news that oh, you know, I was I was exposed potentially, and now I have to get tested and all, all this, and it's like this is like three, four, maybe even five days after the fact. And it's just like, okay, well, I've been, you know, kissing my wife and kissing my baby. And mm-hmm. it's like, great. So it's like, you know, I, I stopped I stopped that. Like, I had to distance myself. No touching. Yeah. You know, the house is only so big, and there's only so many places I can go. But it's, so it's like I had to dis- distance myself from my wife and my child as much as possible. But after, you know, three, four, five days, it's like, what's even the point? Yeah. It's like, if. If I'm sick, then odds are I probably got them sick too. So that was a tense time. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we're we're okay. We're negative. And I hope that all our all of our Crypticon friends and family are are okay too. Well, like I said, we haven't heard anything. Um so yeah. We did see uh so guys. A miraculous thing happened, guys. At Crypticon, we met one of our lovely grave diggers, uh, a man by the name of Bob Voorhees. Came up to us after a panel, um, introduced himself, and handed us a $100 bill. Being that he is one of our patrons, you guys know what that means. So, wait, I want to back up a little bit. So, um, <laughs> You guys what may, I said was... You, you guys may remember an episode of the podcast where we talked about a cannibal cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shortly after that, Bob Voorhees sent us a message of him holding the cookbook. And he was like, look what I got. Um, and then just recently... What did he send us? Something about blood. Yeah, like cooking with blood. Cooking with, yeah, some kind of cooking with blood or something. And he talked about like making a shot out of tequila in his own blood. And so then like he comes up to us at Crypticon and he pulls out this backpack and he goes, I have something for you guys. And I'm like, he's gonna kill us. This is it. <laughs> like we're we're gonna get single white female by Bob Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> or he's gonna like give us his own blood. He's gonna give us a vial of his blood or something. And here's a cookie I made of my own blood. Please eat it. <laughs> but no, he hands us a, <laughs> here's a batch of cookies for you guys. There's definitely no blood inside. <laughs> I want to be a part of you. <laughs> but no, he hands me a, a crisp $100 bill and says, 
this is to get that ass tatted. <laughs> so now Taylor is contractually obligated to get a fat unicorn tattooed on that narrow little ass of his. So look forward to that, guys. I don't know if that's something we'll give access to for everyone or just our patrons, but... I think I'm putting my ass on the internet for free. <laughs> no, paid $100 for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be exciting. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that note, want to talk about our grave diggers. Those lovely folks over on Patreon uh, help finance this show. We don't have an expensive uh, thing going here, but it does cost money, and we, we don't have money. We're, we're poor. Yeah. Uh, so they, they do give us their hard-earned dollars to keep things running. Um, we got to pay for hosting fees and internet. They're not internet, but internet things, <laughs> like our website. And stuff. Might need to replace that, too. From the sounds of it. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what... There there are three elements that it could be, and I'm not sure which one it is. I'm hoping it's not the actual, like, um, input itself, because then I got to take that out and replace it. Yeah. I think it might just be the adapter. I'm hoping so. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So those fantastic folks are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Odella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, especially Bob, for all of your contributions to this show uh, that keep the lights on at Grave Plot Studios, which is Taylor's house. Yep. <laughs> uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. You can get perks. For as little as $1, including joining us live for Horror Business every single episode. Uh, and then we have different tiers. You can get discounts on Grave Plot merchandise. You can get your name in the show, et cetera, et cetera. And there's no more top tier for me to, to hype up. Yeah. I think it's something else. Got to put Tony's ass on the line now. <laughs> See, like, where I think you could get away with that, like, I feel like my wife would have serious she, issues. She's with that. not happy. <laughs> Does she even see your ass all that often? No. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, my wife would just be upset about the fact that she knows it's there. I think that's kind of <laughs> the case, yeah. <laughs> uh, neat. I don't know. We'll probably think of something else at some point. It's it's your turn. I, I'm. <laughs> I've fulfilled my... We gotta get my something duties, on the other so. cheek. No, I have fulfilled my duties. It is your turn. You gotta get a lotus flower on your lower back. No, <laughs> I keep telling you, <laughs> I'm not. I have that. done my part. It is your turn to sacrifice. Ugh, I hate sacrificing. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, before we jump into the show proper. We do want to talk about the Grave Plot Film Fest. Yeah, speaking of giving us money, uh, we are currently accepting sponsors. Uh, you can head over to graveplotfilmfest.com, get your company logo on our poster and uh, on a slide during the festival itself. We have three tiers this year instead of just one all-encompassing tier, so we're a little more flexible to your budget. 
So hit us up and, uh, you know, or if alternately, if you're a filmmaker, we are accepting films as of right now, 15 minutes or less horror genre only, please. Yep. And from anywhere in the world, I need to learn how to say like now accepting submissions in multiple languages. Yeah. Like, uh, like Swahili. Yeah. I know Aora is, is now in Spanish, and that, that's as far as I can get. <laughs> or Aora. Aora, yep. Yeah. Aora accepte. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And for all you normies out there, tickets go on sale October 1st? Uh, Halloween, usually. Is that what we do? Okay. Yeah. Halloween. Halloween. Might sell them ourselves this year. Yeah? Yeah, since I've got uh, experience doing it with Brainbuster now. We could just set it up on our site. All right. All not, right. not have to pay any fees. I like not paying fees. I like money. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we get more of that delicious ticket fee money. We could just charge our own ticket fees. <laughs> I mean, we'll still have to pay, you know, PayPal fees. So we can pass those on to people. People have to pay those. <laughs> you can come to the show, but you got to pay. You got to spend money because money spending's good. Uh, okay. Yeah, hopefully back at the uh, the Arc Lodge Cinemas, assuming everything stays open long enough. Uh, February fifth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, and I think in the evening. At this point, I mean, I'm just going to say it now. Assuming the Arc Lodge doesn't already do this, we are going to be requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Mm, Just uh, be forewarned. And if you don't come, we don't need you there. If if that's a problem for you, then we don't need you there. Yeah, just fucking get vaccinated. It's not hard. It's free, and it's easy, and it doesn't hurt, and it doesn't put a microchip in you. And even if it does, who cares? What what's so important about your life that you're worried about the government learning about it? I think people are concerned that it's going to control their mind. Oh, okay, make them be productive members of society. <laughs> God forbid, it's gonna make them vote Republican or something. <laughs> anyway, let's move on with the show and do some horror business. All right, starting out in some real world horror. Um, everybody loves a roller coaster, right? I fucking love roller coasters. Fucking awesome. You know, I was terrified of them until I was about, I don't know, 13. And then I went on the boomerang at Knott's Berry Farm and I never looked back. See, I, like when I was a kid, I don't know if it was a inner ear thing or what, but any ride that went upside down would just make me terribly nauseous. So the only roller coasters I did were ones that didn't go upside down. Mm. But then once I went on the Incredicoaster, I was like, well, that was, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> How many times did we go on the Incredicoaster? At least twice. Oh, at least twice, yeah. Because during the Oogie Boogie Bash, everybody was off doing trick-or-treat, and there was no line. Yeah, we're like, like, okay. You're idiots. <laughs> I got to get Nesgo to do it. He says he can't do upside down, but I'm like, just try it once. Uh, maybe you should fucking nut up and do something <laughs> upside down. I told him if he does it once, I think, I think he'll like it. And it's the only one at Disneyland, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's at Pixar Pier. 
and it's for the the Incredibles. And so it's just like you go into it, you're not really expecting much, but it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so roller coasters, fun for all. Um, but you know, as much as you may want one to go like real fast, there's only so fast. They they should only go so fast. Case in point with uh the super death roller coaster. <laughs> well, this is off to a great start in Fuji Q Highland Park in Japan. Uh, it's named the Do Dodonpa roller coaster, or is it Do Dodonpa? I don't fucking I don't speak Japanese. Apparently, it's the automatopoeia of a drum. Okay, I don't ever think I don't think I've ever heard a drum do that, but. Maybe it's like a rim, rim shot. And the joke is <laughs> that this roller coaster has been the source of numerous injuries. Uh, Vice reported at least six cases of fractures, including four in the back or in the neck. That's not place, a place you want to have a fracture. No, not so much. Like, like of all your body. Especially when you're just trying to have a good time on a roller coaster. Right. Like, out of your entire body, the place you don't want to have fractures, anywhere in your neck or back. Right. That's like the no-no zone. Maybe your skull. Well, yeah. But, like... You can still walk with a broken skull. You can't walk with a broken back. You might have brain damage, but that's it. That's true. You may not be able to walk if you have brain damage. True. Anyway. uh, The BBC... Has described the four Big black cock. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh, has described the four back and neck cases as significant injuries, uh, including a cervical fracture and thoracic spine fracture. Somebody's getting sued. <laughs> cervical is anything from basically your shoulders up, and your thoracic is in like your chest area or your rib cage area. Uh, just for your information, which makes a lot of sense. Because I mean, I guess I imagine if you're sitting in a chair, the part that's gonna go when, you, especially if you're like strapped in, the part that's gonna go nuts is your your chest and your neck. <laughs> He's doing these noodle arm things. I wish you guys could see this. <laughs> Isn't that how you ride roller coasters? Like, ah! this is why you guys need to join us on Discord each episode, so you can see Tony just flailing wildly. <laughs> so you can see me do my curve with the frog impression. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, Japan's Manichi newspaper said that the riders needed up to three months to recover from the injuries. Um, The theme park was saying that the roller coaster has the fastest acceleration, hitting 112 miles per hour in just just over a second and a half. That is too fast. So it's not necessarily the speed, I think. It's the acceleration. Because you're going to get whiplash or, I mean, obviously <laughs> snap your back in half. Yeah. It's like, you know, in in the 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 object, the, the, the modes of transportation on this planet, the fastest ones, like you think of like, um, like the space shuttle or something that just takes off under intense G-force. Like, they're strapped into a chair completely. They can't, I mean, they can maybe move their head, like, side to side, but they're not sitting forward. They're not, like, you know, flopping their heads around. 
They're not doing this with they're their not, arm. They're not doing the monkey. Um, yeah, this is just irresponsible. Uh, but, you know, they must have known something because they described this acceleration as, quote, super death acceleration. So here's my question. <laughs> Who looked at that and went, yep, let's go on that first. <laughs> The super death, sign me the fuck up. That's something you want to save for last, because you at least want to enjoy, enjoy everything else that might not kill you right. first, right? Um, the Dodonopa, Dodonopa, it's too much. I should simplify that. Let's call it like rapid fire or something. <laughs> call it super death. There we go. <laughs> The marketing sells itself, you know. Um, yeah, it, so it opened up in 2001. And <laughs> but apparently it was not and fast enough. Some big fat guy with a cigar was like, no, no, make it faster. Make it faster. And so in 2017, it <laughs> underwent... <laughs> just thinking thwack error. <laughs> <laughs> some big... It's like, I'm picturing... Uh, can you think of like the, the Mr. Sparkle episode of Simpsons and it shows like the CEO of the company that makes Mr. Sparkle, <laughs> yeah. a big fat guy sitting in a, in a hot tub with two geishas. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> um, but yeah, in 2017, it underwent renovations to make it even faster. Which Apparently I Apparently it only went death fast before. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's they, super they death. That super death. Um, the theme park made global headlines last year when it advised patrons to uh, please scream inside your heart instead of out loud to help spread help the spread of coronavirus. Help stop the spread. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I remember this. We, we talked about this, didn't we? I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we definitely talked about it. Okay. Uh, when it comes to spine or neck fractures, however, their screams... Or very likely to have been heard around the world. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Japan's got some some, you know, its fair share of amusement parks, and it's definitely a draw for people around the world. I can't imagine anybody of any kind of intelligence wanting to go on this, especially now that they find out that they could do some serious damage. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like if if we went to a, just a random amusement park. I don't know what the uh, if there's a theme to Fuji Q Highland or anything, but and they were just like, "Hey, you want to go on the uh, the Super Death Coaster?" I'd be like, I'm good on that one. Yeah, it's like it may just be uh, a kitschy name, but I'm not taking my chances. Yeah, Japan. <laughs> So Guillermo del Toro is working with Netflix on a new anthology, anthology series called Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, it's going to have a varying uh, array of directors 
working on each episode, similar to like Creepshow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Del Toro himself is actually handpicking the talent. Uh, some of that talent includes uh, P- Panos Cosmatos, who directed Mandy, Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook, <laughs> Vin- Excuse you. Vincenzo Natali, who directed Splice, and David Pryor, who directed The Empty Man. I'm not familiar with The Empty Man, I don't think. I feel like I've heard the title, but I have no idea what it is. As for the attached stars, they include Andrew Lincoln, who, of course, is Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead, or Grimy, as he likes to be called. Uh, Crispin Glover. of Also Sm- that guy with the signs from Love Actually. Yep. And then the world ended, and that's when he became a sheriff in Kentucky. Yep. Uh, Crispin Glover of of Smiley Face Killers, sure. Yeah, that's definitely what we know him from. Definitely not Back to the Future. Right? <laughs> Idiots. Uh, Essie Davis from The Babadook and Peter Weller from RoboCop. Yeah, or Buckaroo Banzai, sure. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think RoboCop in this case is probably the right choice. Have you seen Buckaroo Banzai? <laughs> I have not. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> Uh, production has begun in Toronto. Um, it's a live-action series meant to challenge our traditional notions of horror, from macabre to magical, gothic to grotesque, or classically creepy. These eight sinister tales, including two original works by Del Toro himself, will be brought to life by a team of writers and directors personally chosen by the Shape of Water filmmaker. Bunch of cocksuckers, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Cocksucker. Um, so, here's here's the breakdown. Uh, Essie Davis... Of the Babadook. Dude, if you need to shit, go take a shit. God damn. I do have to shit. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln and Hannah Galway star in an episode written and directed by Jennifer Kent. Uh, no real information past that. Uh, Amadeus, Oscar winner F- Murray Abraham. <laughs> Is he still alive? I thought he was dead. Apparently not. He's in Mythic Quest, so I guess he must be well, yeah, quite that's alive. Good point. Um, <laughs> Midnight Shyamalan, <laughs> like Murray Abraham, uh, Glenn Turman, and Luke Roberts will appear in an episode written by David S. Goyer, um, Goy, and directed by David Pryor, Tim Blake Nelson of Watchmen, Elpida Carrillo of Euphoria, Demetrius Gross of Fear the Walking Dead, and Sebastian Roche of The Man in the High Castle, starring an episode written by Regina Corrado. And Crispin Glover and Ben Barnes started an episode written by Lee Patterson based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft and directed by Keith Thomas. Um, and Peter Weller is working with the, the Mandy guy, so that should be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there's no really point in breaking down all these because it's literally just who's starring and whose story and no real uh, information on the the plot lines or anything yeah i mean if you watch it you'll you'll figure it out <laughs> sure <laughs> it'll be there in big bold letters i'm sure i'm wondering like how how diverse these are going to be like i mean obviously del toro's hand is going to be you know the marionette of it all but so is he is there going to be this kind of underlying feeling of del toro films where they are real beautiful and kind of boring <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to say. I mean, I got to imagine the whole wraparound, the, the cabinet of curiosities element of it probably will be. Yeah. But for it to just completely change gears and be like... I mean, the Creepshow is pretty 
different from episode to episode. There's not really like a overarching tone to it. I suppose. But at least from what I've seen, the creeper it's doesn't seem to have a whole lot of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, truth be told, I haven't watched a lot of Creep Show. I can't really get into it. Yeah, I only watched the first season. I've heard that the second season is much better. Oh, really? Yeah, but I watched an episode. I'm like, I don't know if this is better enough. <laughs> and season three is coming out on Halloween. Or yep. Halloween-ish. Yep. I give it another shot, but, you know, not expecting much. It's just like, for me, it's like Creepshow 2, which, you know, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about Del, Tor- Del Toro here? You going to give that? A- I mean, it's on Netflix, so fuck it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. What am I, some kind of asshole? Um, no real word on when this is going to be available, but I'm assuming next year at the earliest. Yeah, I mean, if they have to film this many things. Although, you know, with an anthology, everyone could film at the same time. True. But, yeah. It's Del Toro, so I'll at least give it a chance. Even though I feel like I've been burned by Del Toro more than I've enjoyed his stuff. But we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean, Peter Weller, so. Sure. (laughs) Fucking Buckaroo Bonsai. So we're getting a new take on the Frankenstein story. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Those have, go- those have always gone so well. Um, uh, described as an existential slasher. I, like, I, I, I don't... Like, slasher, good. Existential, bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are existential movies that are interesting, but like... Usually it's not quite done right. Um, the film called The Last Frankenstein, it will be premiering... Uh, that doesn't make any sense. What? I don't want, you can't pluralize Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could. What? If it's The Last Frankenstein, then that indicates multiple Frankensteins. But I guess that's it's the doctor's name, so it's a family name. Yeah. I was, I was mostly just quoting Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> Okay. Donna Glover is like, you can't pluralize Frankenstein. <laughs> the last Frankenstein, which will be premiering uh, through the, the Underground Cinema Film Festival from in uh, Dublin on September 3rd. Which is in the past. You're right. <laughs> Hope it was good. <laughs> Some crack reporting, Taylor. Maybe sound like a fool. <laughs> So it had its debut in Dublin on September 3rd. Uh, soon it will have its uh, theatrical premiere at the Proctor Theater in Schenectady, New York. That's a weird place to have a premiere, right? I, I mean, yeah, but it's it's a historic theater, apparently. So Okay. <laughs> um, uh, that premiere will be on October 23rd. 
The story of the last Frankenstein focuses on Jake, Jason Frankenstein. That just sounds weird. <laughs> like Victor von Frankenstein. Powerful name. Yeah. Jason Good, Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, Jason Frankenstein sounds like the black sheep of the family. <laughs> uh, it's like we have Victor and Vincent and Horatio and Jason. <laughs> Uh, focuses on Jason Frankenstein, uh, who's the last of his family line. Hence the name. Right. Um, buried in a dormant life in a dead-end relationship, Jason finds himself approaching midlife with little progress to show towards carrying forward his ancestor's experiment. What a weird, like... It makes me wonder if this exists in the universe in which... Like the story of Frankenstein exists, like the Mary Shelley story, and like maybe it's just like it's based on truth, and there's just this family line of Frankenstein throughout the years. Well, yeah, it's like it has it talks about his ancestors, like carrying forward his ancestors' experiment. It's like, yeah, I don't really want to get into the family business. <laughs> oh, what's the family business? Oh, sewing dead body parts together and bringing them to life. You know. That old tale. Just feel like we've outgrown that, you know? <laughs> I want to be an artist. <laughs> uh, I really want to make clogs. <laughs> <laughs> but after a creature from his past brutally reappears, he is... Who could it be? <laughs> he is catalyzed to finally complete his work. Uh... Okay, so he has apparently already been doing this. That's complete his work, so he's... Right. With the help of a pair of drug-dealing paramedics, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, and a nurse with a shady past, he sets down the blood-soaked path to create a living being from the bodies of the dead. Okay. When are we getting a Jay and Silent Bob, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein-style movie? Ooh. Like, I'm with you, but at the same time, I don't want to give Kevin Smith any ideas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, the film has been described as an existential slasher, one that combines the in-depth character study with all the blood, gore, and terror that are hallmarks of horror cinema. The press release says, heavily influenced by the cinema of the late 50s through mid-80s. Well, excuse me. The film overthrows or overflows with mid-century locations, practical special effects, and vintage vintage aesthetic, uh, and features appearances by two veteran genre actors, Jim Bolson from Strange Behavior, and in his final performance, Robert Dix from Forbidden Planet. I don't know either of those guys. I don't either. Actually, I know Forbidden Planet. Robert Dix, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know. I don't know why. Um, so, so there, there's a thing. Who is the slasher? Is it the monster? I, I guess. But, like, I don't understand exactly what's going on here. So the monster comes back into his life, one that he presumably created earlier in life. And now he has to complete his work. What does that mean? 
Yeah, by by creating a living being from the bodies of the dead. So does he have to like make a new monster to fight the original monster? I don't know. I mean, it makes me think that it might be more similar, more in line with like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, maybe like the monster comes back and wants a companion, and so he, has he wants to, to get his dick wet. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> um. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't really say much, other than it's a guy working with Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> and a nurse with a shady past. And, and Paz de la Huerta. <laughs> um, remember that movie? Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, remember how she like tried to sue the filmmaker for making such a bad movie? <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that was probably his fault, not your terrible acting. <laughs> she was like, you ruined my career by making a bad movie. It's like, I don't think that you can sue for that. Also, you read the script. Yeah, you signed on. You know what you're getting into. I love like these people make films, direct directors especially. They make films and they're like, I don't want my name on this. Like, but you made the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Own your shit, man. <laughs> Everything that's bad is your fault. <laughs> in one cap- in in some capacity. <laughs> Just take my name off it. Why would your name appear on anything? Just take my name off everything. Uh yeah. So excited? You gonna head out to Schenectady next month to see this? N- no. <laughs> like I can't think of any reason I'd ever go to Schenectady. <laughs> uh Jason Frankenstein. I can't get over that name. <laughs> this makes me think it's a comedy. Yeah. Like the names and the fact that there are two stoner paramedics. This and the guy's name is Jason Frankenstein. This makes me think it's a comedy, but like, there's nothing else really implying that it is. So I'm very confused. Yeah, I don't know. You willing to give it a, give it a shot if it comes to VOD? Uh, it depends on how much it costs, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if the trailer looks fucking boss, then I'll check it out, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, otherwise, no. <laughs> Werewolf for Mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf for Mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was, that was great, Trey, okay? It's over. That's a wrap. So we're coming up on the best time of the year. That's the time of the year when the Halloween specials start rolling out. Yeah, buddy. This year, Disney Plus is working on a werewolf-themed Halloween special with Marvel. Uh, it's said to be centered on a werewolf character, with the speculation that the project centers on the werewolf by night character. I'd have to imagine. Uh, and the rap notes that individuals with knowledge, quote unquote, of the project suggest it is indeed tied to that concept. Um, It'd be stupid to make up an entirely new werewolf character when they already have one. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not familiar with Werewolf by Night. So. I'm not super familiar with it either. I know that it is a character and I know like the very bare minimum of details about it, but not enough to really 
speak with any expertise. So, all right. Uh, Marvel Studios is actively searching for a Latino actor to lead the cast of an as yet untitled Halloween special that we're, will air on Disney Plus. The rap explains in their exclusive report. I wonder why Latino specifically. I mean, maybe in the comic he's Latino. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I guess it's Jack just... Russell. <laughs> Well, it says Werewolf by Night nickname applies to two different Marvel Comics characters. First was Jack Russell in the 70s, and more recently, Jack Gomez. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense then. Jack Russell, of course, named after the Terrier. Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> or was the Terrier named after him? It's a chicken, chicken and egg, egg situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Latino actor, I, I think the choice is obvious, right? I'm sure there's a joke here I'm missing. There's not, but just oh, who who would you cast? Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> Mario Lopez. Why would it not be AC Slater? Come on, guy pushing fifty. <laughs> Have you seen him lately, though? Dude looks good. He he looks better than he did. I mean, he looks better than us. Well, sure, it's not hard to do. <laughs> That guy, feel, I feel like he hasn't aged a day in like 20 years. Yeah. He looks older than he did in Saved by the Bell, but he doesn't look like, he doesn't look older than he did after the Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the Jerry Curl, like the fact that he doesn't have that anymore, probably helps a lot. <laughs> uh, Jack Russell is a descendant of the mystically altered offshoot of humans known as lycanthropes. During the night of the full moon and the two nights surrounding it, he is forced to mutate into a werewolf, a large, powerful form, which is a hybrid of human and wolf and loses his human intellect. Oh, that's what a werewolf is. Okay. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, through a series of events, he is also capable of mutating voluntarily outside of the full moon, at which time he remains in control. Of course, that's the story of Jack Russell, but it sounds like this is probably going to be the Jack Gomez character, I'm assuming. Yeah, you gotta assume it's probably pretty similar. I mean, werewolves are werewolves, and it's usually the whole yeah, there's not a, a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of strays from the werewolf yeah. mythology. Moon, silver bullet, that whole thing. Yeah, howl at the moon, and you know, Ozzy Osbourne, right? All that stuff. <laughs> so, what what are you doing? I'm seeing if I could find something about Jack Gomez. Jack Gomez. Why did you say that like Triple H? <laughs> Jack Gomez is a boy of uh, Hopi descent. Oh. Interesting. All right. Um, Apparently in this, he's going to be Latino. Well, you, I mean, the name would imply that he is Latino. Sure. Uh, but I mean, the fact that he is of native descent makes sense. You know, it's the whole Skinwalkers mm -hmm. uh, story. Uh, boy of Hopi descent who underwent his first werewolf transformation at the age of 13 due to a curse in his family. He was able to get control over his werewolf form with the help of his grandmother, Rora, and his sister, Molly, where the music, where the music helped with controlling his emotions, unlike how Jake's father operated. Jake... Or how long how Jake's father operated. Okay. I don't know who his father is. And who's Jake? Jake Gomez. This is Jack Gomez. Oh, I think that's a typo. 
I think it's definitely Jake. Oh. <laughs> it would make more sense, considering the guy was Jack Russell, to have it be Jack Gomez. The only people named Jack can be werewolves. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Jack Nicholson. Very, very common lore. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Others. So on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jake first appeared when his hunt, when hunters were hunting rabbits on the Hopi tribal lands and fought them off. Or advised him to be careful on the mission at Life for Pharmaceuticals, where he worked in the day due to the government going after teenage superheroes. Jake attacks two vehicles leaving the Life for Pharmaceuticals and finds that one of them contains the people who have gone missing from the res in the past month. He is then confronted by three monstrous figures with cybernetic parts on them. Not relevant to his backstory. I apologize. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess... I mean, if I don't know, I don't know any Hopi people, so maybe they have like some kind of Hispanic or uh, Latino influence, influence, blood. I don't want to say style because it's not really, (laughs) it's not really what I mean. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, we just really modeled our whole heritage after that Latino style. <laughs> you know what they're doing down south? We like that. <laughs> More of that. All right, well. I'm, is it, is the, this can't be coming out this Halloween, can it? If they haven't even cast the thing yet? I, I very much doubt it. Probably next year. Um. There's no yeah. word on a director or anything like that, so yeah, I mean, like I don't know how many more episodes there are of what if, but they don't typically run two series together. Well, this is gonna be a special, so maybe it's not necessarily a series. I don't know, I don't know, I'm sure we'll find out. they'll tell us next time, maybe not next time, but but soon, <laughs> same grave plot channel, same. I did that wrong. <laughs> it's not going to be the same time because you don't ever put things out on time anymore. That's that's true. So you don't know when the episode's coming out. My life is very complicated. We're an enigma. <laughs> if we should live forever Okay, so just in case you didn't know. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, like the wrestlers. Uh, Your ass better call somebody. Yeah, it's like that. Um, In case you weren't aware, there's this one author named Stephen King. Stephen Xavier King. I don't know if that's right. It's probably not. (laughs) Took Took a stab in the dark. Now I'm curious. Um, back in the seventies, one of his early, early works was a book called Salem's Lot. Edwin. Edwin. You were close. (laughs) It's as off the wall and unexpected as Xavier. Yeah. So in that realm, I was close. (laughs) They both have vowels. 
and consonants. So yeah, they're they're, def- they're both not names you hear very often. Uh, yeah. So early on in his career, he wrote a book called Steve, uh, not Stephen King's. <laughs> you know the book Stephen King by Stephen King, <laughs> semi autobiographical. Uh, he wrote a story called Salem's Lot um, about a town in Maine. Go figure. <laughs> uh, called Jerusalem's Lot, and there are vampires. Or really, there's just one vampire, and then he makes more. So there's just more vampires. And Rob Lowe. And Rob. <laughs> and the guy from... Uh... Fuck, what was he in? Porn. No. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch. Um. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, uh, it's it's an okay book. I don't know if it's anybody's favorite, but it's all right. Um, it was made there. Actually, there are two adaptations so far of it. Both of them were TV specials. Uh, one was made not long after the book came out, um, and the other was made I think early two thousands, starring Rob Lowe. Uh, I believe they made sequels to both the first and second, to the original adaptation and the the re-adaptation. I think they're both called Return to Salem's Lot. Um, none of them were all that good, although the the image of Barlow... The, yeah, that's quite iconic. Yeah. Um, but uh, good old James Wan decided he needs to put his take on on a Stephen King story. Because that's what the world's been clamoring for, is for James Wan to make a Stephen King story. I'm. There are definitely people out there who have wanted that. People like that need to bury themselves underground. Every once in a while, like a commercial for Malignant will pop up. And for a second, I'm like, oh, what is this? This looks interesting. Oh, <laughs> nope. Yeah, from the creators of The Conjuring. It's like, I'm out. Uh, you had me in the first part. Um, he is producing a new take on Stephen King's vampire story, Salem's Lot, for New Line, with Gary Doberman, who uh, was writing, who wrote It, which was okay, or yeah, it was pretty good. Um, The Nun, which was shit, and Annabelle Comes Home, which is also shit. Um, he is attached to write the script and also direct. Is he? Do we know if he's directed anything? I will look it up. Uh, Lewis Pullman, uh, who was in The Stranger's Pray at Night. Did you ever see that? I did not. Were you, you liked the first one, didn't you? Meh. Didn't hate it. I, I could have sworn that like you really liked it, but I must, maybe I was thinking somebody else. It wasn't me. Uh, he directed Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, okay. So nothing good there. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Lewis Pullman, who was in uh, Strangers Pray at Night, has signed on to Star. Uh, Deadline is reporting that Mackenzie Lay. Um, it's probably Lee. Yeah, probably that makes more sense. Mackenzie Lee, Lee uh, Billy Lynn's longtime halftime long halftime walk. I don't the fuck is that? It sounds like a Lifetime movie. Those stupid, complicated titles. Uh, Bill Camp from The Queen's Gambit and Spencer Treat Clark from Glass will also star. Uh, Pullman is playing the main character, Ben Mears, 
while Lee will play Susan Norton. Uh, Camp is playing Matthew Burke, and Clark is Mike Ryerson. These are all characters from the book. Oh, good. Just in case That's you didn't good. know. <laughs> These are not just making up their own characters. Uh, right, uh, Salem's Lot, author Ben Mears, uh, returns to his childhood homes of, of Jerusalem's Lot in search of inspiration for his next book, only to discover his hometown is being preyed upon by a bloodthirsty vampire. That pretty well covers it. So there you go. Um, not uh, not too excited. Yeah. And I'm at the point where, you know, I feel like we've been doing this show long enough and I've seen enough adaptations of Stephen King books where it's just like at this point, I'm just like, yeah, it's probably going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't really have any hopes. It's like when it when it when a good gun yeah when a good one comes out it's like fuck yeah but I don't immediately just think okay well the next one's probably gonna be good too right yeah I mean like it was really good it too was not as good um I know there's more that have come out since then but I can't think of a specific one uh well I mean like Mike Flanagan did Gerald's Game oh yeah um, well that was good and he did another one too totally spacing on it though. I know he was attached to, like, several of them at one point. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Sleep. Right. Dr. Sleep was pretty kick-ass. I feel like there were some uh, shining purists out there, like, no, this fucking sucks. But you know what? Pull your fucking head out of your ass. That's what I say. I say, pull your head out of your ass. Um, but, yeah. So, it's I've just been burned too many times by Stephen King adaptations. Where it's just like, I pretty much just go into it assuming that it's going to suck. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Oh, Pet Cemetery. He directed that? No. Oh. Did Stephen King adaptations. Right. That was dog shit. In uh, the Tall Grass, I didn't actually see that. It was all right. I'm like, just looking at the like coming soon ones. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. You know, he's got so many novellas and short stories out there, and I feel like those are like prime real estate for these uh, studios, because they can take the property, they can use the Stephen King name and the title, but basically make their own story, because it's a short story, and they can expand on it however they want. And Stephen King will be like, yes, this is the greatest film since The Exorcist. Give me money, please. (laughs) Um... Did you know Edgar Wright is doing a new adaptation of The Running Man? Yeah. I think they announced that a while ago, though. Yeah, February. It's going to be based more on the book. (laughs) The movie was not even close. I feel like that one snuck by me. But yeah, James Wan is also doing the Tommy Knockers. More like the Butt Knockers. Got (laughs) him. That wasn't clever at all. That was terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. I have uh, no shame. And then Blumhouse is doing Firestarter. Firestarter. And The Breathing Method. I don't know that one. I don't either. It's probably one of the short stories. It's being directed by Scott Derrickson. I know that name. He's directing the new uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, right. Well. 
Wait. Yeah. What? Isn't Brian Fuller the guy who was like, like, didn't he get outed as a sexual abuser person? Wasn't that Brian Fuller? That was Brian Singer. Yes. Okay. Salem's Law. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to throw my... Uh, my... Uh, what's the word? Support. Re- support Wait. recommendation behind anything that James Bond's involved in, so... More like James Butt. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I, just, I just... I did what you did. Yeah. I just, I just put butt where yeah. it didn't really make any sense. Well, butts are funny, so... <laughs> Can't lose. So here's an interesting combination. Uh, Heavy Metal Magazine is creating a new comic book series with Brian Posehn, who you would know if you saw him. <laughs> he's, he's just one of those actors slash comedians. Who's, he's a big, tall, goofy-looking guy with a crazy voice. Looks like a bird. Um, he was in uh, Devil's Rejects briefly. Has he, has he starred in anything? I don't think so. I don't know why the first thing that comes to my mind right now is Run, Ronnie, Run, where he's in like the very end when they're like, who wants cake? And Brian Bolsain is like, uh, everyone. <laughs> um, but he's partnering with Fallout Boy guitarist Joe Troman on this new project, which is called The Axe. Why not? Uh, said to be a cross between Army of Darkness and the Goonies. Okay. This horror comedy adventure follows three nerdy skate punk metalhead teenagers who steal an old cursed guitar that opens a portal to an interdimensional hellscape called Sheol. In Sheol, the kids must fight off hideous ancient creatures while trying to get back to Earth. All right. Uh, Posein says, we put horror and heavy metal music in a blender with likable kids as our protagonists. Well, yeah, people love the kids. You know, they 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 support them. They're like, yeah, those kids can do anything. These specific kids or just kids just in general? Just kids in general. Oh, yeah. The children are our future. That's what that's what I hear. <laughs> Whitney Houston said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said she believes it. She didn't necessarily say it was true. true. <laughs> um, Let them light the way, Taylor. Posein also put out a song called... Um, Oh, what was the name of that song? Metal by Numbers. Metal by Numbers. Yeah, with uh, Scott Ian and a bunch of other famous metal musicians. Yeah. It was good, except for Brian Posehn can't sing for shit. I think that was the point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Troman says, The axe merges two of my favorite things, horror and comedy, but it has heart. We intentionally wove in themes of broken childhood, abandonment, and coming of age throughout the book, and I am proud of the dimensions within the story. But on the fun side, when we were able to do pushing the, what we were able to do with pushing the gore, the jokes, the darkness, it's just everything I've really wanted to do on a wish fulfillment level. All right. Uh, Posehna Troman recruited Scott Koblish, who did work for Deadpool uh, and Anthrax Among the Living as illustrator. Well, Diego Fichera will color 
Are you familiar with either of these artists? Mm-hmm. Not by name. Diego Richard. No. Uh, the actual premiere in Heavy Metal Magazine as a serial in early 2022, and then it'll be collected into a comic book series and ultimately a trade paperback. In addition, Heavy Metal Magazine is also currently developing the axe as a screen adaptation as a part of a slate of projects. Okay, so Koblish, I recognize his art. I, I don't know that I... I didn't know him by name, but I recognize his art. Okay. Um... Yeah, he did a lot of Deadpool covers. Um, wonder if he did the uh, the Among the Living cover. I don't know. And Diego Fichero. I mean, like I, so there are th- usually historically there have been. I mean, this is not especially relevant, but as far as comic book art, there's usually three stages: drawing, inking, and coloring. And historically, there's been three different people. Drawing, tracing, and coloring. <laughs> like, even if you told a pencil, or if you called an inker a pencil, or if you called an inker, god damn it, an inker a tracer to a, even a penciler, probably you're pretty upset. <laughs> but your mother's a tracer. <laughs> um, Trace an outline on your dead fucking butt. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, more and more pencilers are doing their own inking. So that's being kind of phased out, which is a shame because inking is an art form in itself. Um, it adds depth, and only then then does this project truly come to life. I mean, it's 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 true. I mean, like if you look at pencils versus inked art, there's a huge like embellishment to it. It's not the point. Anyway. So yeah, Diego. Like, as much as I respect colorists, and I like me starting to do more and more coloring myself, like and knowing how difficult it is, to me, a lot of colorists like they're just this. It's one and the same. Like a colorist is a colorist to me. If if I was more interested in color myself, I'd probably be more analytical of it. But anyway, uh, it's interesting that this is going to be through heavy metal because. Heavy metal. I mean, they they do their own magazine and they put out. I think there are short stories in it, and they have, you know, they're also they're obviously very art centric. Um, I don't know that they've done a comic book series before. So I don't know. That's interesting. Anyway, and then just the fact that it's you know Posein and the guy from Fallout. Yeah, that's Boy. so weird. I mean, there are a lot of like guys in like punk bands or, you know, I don't even know what Fall Out Boy, Fall Out Boy qualifies as, <clears throat> but there are a lot of guys in there that they're like super big metalheads, but they play this pussy music because it, it, it gets the money and, and pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard, um, that uh, that Troman and the and the drummer for Fallout Boy are both big metalheads. The drummer from Fallout Boy is the drummer for the Damned Things. That's right. And uh, I know the guitarist from Newfound Glory, huge metalhead. Is he the one that's in Shyalud? I don't know. Oh. I know he does have another band that's that is a metal band. Probably Shyalud, maybe. 
Um, Which, I mean, you got to respect a band that gets their name from Dune. <laughs> and then I think also the guitarist from Sum 41 split off and started a metal band. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that one. So, anyway, going to see Fall Out Boy tonight. I mean, I'm not going to see them. They are playing. <laughs> and I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be making noise while I sit there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to the Hell Omega Tour tonight, and that's Fall Out Boy, Green Day. Uh, Fall Out Boy, who I give no shits about. Green Day, Green Day, who I saw a long time ago. But Weezer is the primary reason I'm going because I've never seen them live before. So you should just yell at Fall Out Boy. Just be like, Joe, I can't wait for the X. <laughs> and be like, thank you. He'll be like, because, because of Brian Posehn. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> All right. That's horror business, guys. Uh, so we can keep this train uh, uh, running. Chugga, 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 chugga. Woo, woo. Yeah, like that. Uh, let's go ahead and move into our film reviews. All right, so like we said at the top of the episode, in case you skipped over it or didn't notice, we were supposed to do uh, the new Candyman and uh, the the original Candyman. It's weird that we haven't done can- we're doing Candyman two. That's three times you've said it. Be careful. Oh, I see. That's uh, like a thing. Yeah, like the five times. I have to be doing it in a mirror, don't I? Probably. Well, of course, that's that's sort of reflective. Yeah. You never know. He he could be uh, tricky like that. Anyway, we were supposed to be doing those, and just because of COVID and all that, we didn't feel comfortable going to the theater. It's it's weird because I feel like we've gotten to this point where we just expect movies are going to be in theater and on on demand. Yeah, or at least you know have a fairly short theater run and then be on demand. Uh, so the fact that it was only in theaters was inconvenient <laughs> anyway so we're not doing that instead we picked two other movies that have nothing to do with each other no they're quite different so um let's get going on that taylor which one do you want to start with let's start with the old ways why did you go there i told you it was not safe do you know these people the man, he is her son. He helps. The woman, she practices the old ways. She's a bruja. They don't believe they can let you go. They have seen something inside you. A demon. I don't know what's in my food. I don't know what day it is. You can't understand what you see now. This is insane. This isn't you. It's what's inside you. There is no demon, Christina. My name is Christina Lopez. 
came to this place to die. All right, so The Old Ways is a movie. It says it's from 2020, but I think it's a Netflix movie. I think it was like a film festival run through 2020. So Netflix has the rights to it, but yeah, it did come out last year. But it's only been on Netflix a short time, as far as I'm aware. Um, But yeah, anyway, so uh, The Old Ways, uh, directed by Christopher... Uh, a lender written by Marcos Gabriel or Gabriel. I'm not sure. Yeah. It looks like August 25th. It came out on Netflix. So. Okay. Um, uh, it's the story of Christina who is a reporter in Los Angeles. She looks, it looks like maybe like a, sounds like a, like a TV anchor or anything like that, or like even a re- TV reporter. It seems like she looks like maybe she works for like, Something like Vice or something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she packs up, and this, this picks up into the story, and we kind of are told the beginning of the story through flashbacks. But for the sake of consistency, I'll tell it in chronological order. Um, so she's a, a, a reporter in L.A. who has packed up, and she wants to cover this um story in her hometown in uh, Veracruz in Mexico. Um, so she packs up and goes down there and she's exploring this cave um, in or near her hometown uh, called La Boca, which for those of you at home is the Boca. The mouth. <laughs> yes. La Boca Vista. La Boca Vista. <laughs> It's Del Boca Vista. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> View of the mouth. Uh, yeah, so she goes to this cave, and um, the, 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 uh, La Boca has uh, this, this... Death curse. Death. <laughs> it's got a death curse. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's got some kind of curse. It's got you know, it's got a, an age-old legend surrounding it that anybody who goes inside uh, is cursed uh, in in one way or another. Usually possessed. Z- they say specifically possessed. I don't know if they say specifically, but just based on the instances Th- of the movie, that seems, seems to, to be, be what, what happened, happens. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she goes to this cave, and uh, she is found by her cousin. Um, what was her cousin's name? Miranda. Miranda. She was found by her cousin Miranda, just completely passed out in the cave. Um, and so she brings her back to this shit. <laughs> shit. It's 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 just this shanty. Yeah, sh- ramshackled. Uh, yeah, shanty. Uh, shack, if you will. Um where she is subjected to all these uh, rituals um, from a man named Javi and uh, a, a bruja named Luz. Um, her cousin tells her that she, you know, like, she, apparently she came down with the intention of investigating La Boca and Miranda said, don't go there. You know, it, it, it's, it's, 
a bad place to go. You'll you'll it's got a death curse. Got a death curse. <laughs> You're doomed. <laughs> um, but she goes anyway, and now it's presumed that she is possessed by some kind of demon. Um, yeah, she wakes up and she's in this, you know, this shanty and this bruja, which I mean, for people who don't know, a bruja is kind of like a witch doctor, like, like yeah, like a Latin version of a, of a witch doctor. Um, she comes in and looks in her eyes, and then she just tells Javi she has it. Yeah, and Javi starts pouring goat milk down her throat. Yeah, and at first it's like, what is that? Yeah, it's just like this big, um, con- like plastic container. It looked like something you'd typically put like gas in or something. And it's just full of this thick white liquid. It's like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like milk in, in, that you're used to. Cause it's it's a little off white. It's not quite like that milky white. It's not. I mean, not pasteurized or homogenized. I'm right. Sure. Yeah. And it's goat milk. And it's goat milk. Yeah. But yeah, they don't tell you that right away. So yeah. he's just pouring it down her throat. You're just like, ugh. And like, is it, is it cum? <laughs> it kind of looks like cum. <laughs> um. Which, if it was, how long would he have been collecting that? That's so much cum. That's so much. It's like, there's no way that could just bit him on his own. <laughs> he had to have help. Yeah. You got to call the boys in and have a little circle for that. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to do it in the same room. <laughs> just fill it up. You know, it's like, here, do as much as you can, then pass it off to the next guy. <laughs> I'll just, just do round robin until it's full. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, yeah so uh she's locked up she's like chained yeah she's chained to the bed and she i don't think she can even well she can see outside of a window and she keeps seeing this uh young young boy (laughs) uh creeping around the woods and she tries to get him to help her uh and all he does is just scurry away (laughs) scurry away (laughs) Um, and uh yeah and so like it's not entirely um forthcoming right away what what exactly is going on i mean kind of have an inkling if you go into this movie knowing what it's about you 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 know kind of what they're leading towards but as far as story-wise they don't really say right away what exactly is going on Mm -hmm. um she's just being chained and seemingly drowned in goat's milk for some reason but christina or sorry miranda comes in and says you know why did you go to la boca i told you not to go there and now you're possessed you know you have a a demon inside you and she's like no i don't there's no demon (laughs) which when when the bruja said she has it my first thought was like a virus Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so Yeah, so like kind of like over the course of the next, you know, 20 minutes or so, a series of events start unfolding that leads Christina to to realize that she is in fact possessed. And so between her, Luz, Javi, and Miranda, they start doing these ancient, or I don't know if ancient's the right word, but the old ways. <laughs> the titular uh, old ways. Right. You know, just these these uh, folk exorcism and, and, and rituals uh, to to get this demon out of her, um, and it's it's pretty much like any other kind of exorcism movie you, you might expect. Um, 
in the way that the demon is, is very uh, mocking and um, mocking, mocking, always mocking, <laughs> and you know does its its damnedest to fight back. Um, yeah, and so I, I don't know. Is there any more I can say without giving stuff away? I, mean, I think you should mention that she's on heroin. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So. She said why she was in the cave. I don't know if that's... It's not really necessarily important to the story. Yeah, I mean, it's a spoiler, but it's really not giving away anything. It's not like the knowledge changes the way you watch the movie. Okay, so yeah, she... So, like I said, through a series of flashbacks, we kind of get more to Christina's story. Uh, actually, in the very beginning of the film, we see that her... You know, growing up in Veracruz, uh, she's probably... 10 maybe yeah um we see another exorcism happening and it's her mother her mother has been possessed by some kind of demon uh, and i believe it's loose there doing doing the exorcism or the you know the rituals um we see that yeah christina's mother is in fact possessed and then that's when we time jump um and then through a series of flashbacks we see that yeah she left her job in L.A., she tells her um, editor, or A.J. Bowen. A.J. Bowen. Who just I love that dude. Randomly in this movie, uh, that she's leaving. She has a little a fish in a jar in her office, and so she puts a note on it saying, uh, don't let me die. And um, we find out, yeah, she has a, a heroin problem, and it, it appears that uh, Carson, A.J. Bowen's character, is aware of it. Yeah, he seems to be an enabler. Yeah, or, you know... To an effect, yeah, it's especially later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. But at first, he's just, he's more like you know, oh, don't don't do that stuff. You know, you know what it does to you. It's kind of like a shitty friend you know, telling an alcoholic, maybe you shouldn't drink. Yeah, that seems like a but bad I'm not idea. But... Stop you. <laughs> you're you're a grown woman. Um, like like Frank with Bill Ponderosa when Frank is Bill Ponderosa's sponsor, right? <laughs> and he just tells him to do whatever he wants. <laughs> I couldn't pick a worse fucking sponsor. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, we find out that yeah, she has a pretty serious heroin. Well, I mean, she's not like a she doesn't like, like living ever, in the gutter junkie, but yeah, she's she, never like fiending or anything. She doesn't get like the sweats or anything at any point. But yeah, but she does have a heroin addiction. Um, and and a couple times through the movie, you see her shooting up. Um, and. uh at one point, she she runs out of needles, and she gets so desperate that she actually starts chewing it and swallowing it. I don't know what kind of effect that actually has. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and so we find out that the reason she truly came back to Veracruz and went into Boca, La Boca is that she was going to kill herself. She OD'd on heroin, um, and that's where Miranda found her was... Overdosed out, on the yeah. on the floor of the cave, um, and it's never explicitly said, but like La Boca, it's called that because it looks like a mouth with fangs because it has a bunch of stalactites and stalagmites um, that just hang down and they look like big jagged sharp teeth. I got my own hang down. <laughs> what? Um. Anyway, so yeah. 
over over the course of uh, you know uh, the middle of the movie, Christina comes to the realization that yeah, she is in fact possessed, and you know they all need to kind of work together to figure out what to do. And so it seems like Javi and Luce aren't willing to help her if she's not going to be cooperative. So Miranda brings her a bunch of old texts, like just old handwritten books about these exorcism rituals and different demons and this and that, uh, and says, you know, here, help yourself. And so she starts reading through them. The interesting thing is that, like, even though she was born and partially raised in, in Veracruz, she doesn't speak any Spanish. Yeah. Um, which is weird because a language doesn't seem like some, if you're brought up speaking a language from, from birth and even until, you know, early adolescence, it doesn't seem like something you just forget. Yeah. I mean, assuming she, you know, went to America as soon as her mom, assumingly died, I guess they never really show what happened to her mom, but, um, assuming she left then, she said she was probably around 10. Like she would speak well enough. Yeah. I mean, she at went, that point that she wouldn't completely forget it. Yeah. She went to, the, she said they, she was taken and she went to the foster system. Um, and, uh, I mean, if assuming she was raised in the foster system, foster system in LA, I mean, there's probably plenty of opportunity to speak Spanish. Sure. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, as far as plot points, that's really all I can give away without telling you uh, telling you secrets. 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 Dark web. <laughs> um. Yeah. What did you think of this one, Taylor? It's pretty good. Pretty. Pretty. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. Um. The heroin thing was interesting because there's there's definitely kind of parts where you think, is she having a reaction to the heroin or is this a possession situation? But it doesn't really lean into it as heavy as I felt it should have. Yeah. It seemed like the heroin addiction was kind of like opening a door to being possessed. Yeah. But whether or not that was really the case, I can't really tell because like you say, yeah, they, they didn't really go into it all that yeah. much. It, it, yeah, it's, it seemed like a uh, kind of a wasted plot point where it was just like they introduced it, but then didn't, didn't really ever do anything with it. Right. It's like Schrodinger's heroin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like at one point, they like reach into her abdomen and they pull out like some animal teeth and stuff. And at first, I thought the Brujo was just kind of like doing the Andy Kaufman trick. Yeah. But then she just like takes her fingernails and just yeah. plunges into her stomach. And like, yeah, so like they're trying to get evil out of her, I guess. Yeah. And what's fucked up is they start pulling this snake out of her abdomen. And they're like, it's like her and uh, Luce and Javi both trying to pull it out. And like, I don't know if the thing was just too strong or if it's too slippery or maybe a combination of the two. But like, like they're like, struggling to keep a hold of the thing and eventually just slips and curls back into her stomach. Yeah. It's like, ah, no. And she's like awake watching all this. Yeah. They called it a, a psychic surgery. Isn't that what they, what they Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some, some pretty cool imagery. I mean, a lot of it, pretty good effects. Yeah. 
A lot of it's cast in shadow, um, which, you know, is a way to keep costs down, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. um, there, you know, the, the demon reveal is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when it's still in the shadow and you can just barely see it, it looks pretty cool. And it might even actually look cooler when it's kind of in the shadows a po- little bit. Posteki is, is the name of the demon. <laughs> right. The death god of broken things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's broken because she does heroin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The heron. The H. That's what the kids call it. The horse. The horse. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I thought that this was fun. I I, th- I like kind of folksy s- stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of the exorcism stuff is kind of reminiscent of what we've seen before but a lot of it is you know the 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 old ways the ancient legends of um you know mexico and and those uh those um communities yeah and so it's stuff that i mean you know may, i don't know maybe uh mexican and latino people are familiar with it but us as as white boys we're we have no idea what this kind of stuff is like yeah you know when 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 you see something about exorcisms or possession so often, especially here in, in the U.S., so often it's just about a priest. Yeah, like you know, Christian or Catholic, Catholic usually. Yeah, um, it's it's rare that you see something like this that focuses on another country and another culture's um, folklore and you know demonology and uh, religion and that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the concepts. That's why, like, I'm so fascinated by, by, by like, brujas or, like, you know, um, like, voodoo. Um, I, f- I think bo- voodoo, much like Buddhism, is misrepresented as a religion. It's more like a, a belief system rather than a, an authentic religion, at least the way I understand it. Um, but that kind of stuff. You know, where where they've got their own sets of beliefs and and even gods and methods and yeah yeah, um. So yeah, I, I always find this stuff really fascinating, um. And to to what degree it's it's based in reality, I, I don't know. But yeah, um. Even the uh, the dramatized version of it is 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 interesting. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's definitely not something that we see a lot in in our culture as far as movies go. Most of, like I said, most possession movies are usually like Catholic and involve a priest, and most of them are just basically ripoffs of The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd really like to see more of this kind of stuff, uh, more of other cultures and their, um, you know, heritage and their versions of you know demons and gods. Uh, something that that fascinates the hell out of me is uh like nordic you know norse beliefs Mm -hmm. it's like i'm pretty well versed in like norse um gods and that type of stuff i uh i mean took classes on it in high school and and i've learned about it over the years played a shit ton of god of war sure yeah god of war the new uh, assassin's creed game (laughs) um but no, yeah, Norse, uh, 
gods have always fascinated me, but like getting into like the dark element of it with things like possessions and, and, you know, and demons and that kind of stuff. It's like, you don't really see a lot of that. Yeah. Um, there was actually a panel at Crypticon that talked about uh, folklore and like kind of which elements you'd want to hear more from or see more from. And I think I actually signed up for it, but I obviously didn't end up on it. <sighs> anyway. So yeah, this is the kind of stuff I'd really like to see more of. And um, I, I, I appreciate that um, Christopher Allender and Marcos Gabriel uh, really kind of dug into it to, to it. I mean, it's not like a deep dive, but it's, it's entertaining while being, you're showing you something that you're not typically, typically seeing on the screen. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, um, anything else to talk about? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. It's, I mean, it's kind of interesting how like the, the whole, whole movie is kind of leading up to this exorcism. It's, we don't really get a lot of her going to Laboka. I mean, we get some flashbacks, but we don't really get a lot of that. We don't get a lot of her backstory. Yeah. Um, really like the movie is just like them preparing her for this exorcism before then actually doing the exorcism. Yeah. Like you said, trying to like convince her that she's possessed because they can't they either can't do it or won't do it if she doesn't believe. Yeah. And that's like, Actually, I can't talk about that. Never mind. Because the Bruja tells her she's like, she's, she does gives her something or some does something that will reveal the demon to her, and she's like, "What if I don't see it?" And she's like, "You, you will." <laughs> don't worry about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Luz doesn't speak any English, and Christina doesn't speak any Spanish, so she has to work through a translator or her, her cousin. Her cousin, yeah. And you know, yeah, Luz is telling her, you know, we're going to bring out the demon. And then you'll know, um, you, you know, you'll know when you see it. Um, and she says, but what if I don't see it? And, um, Miranda translates it to Luce and Luce just kind of laughs Yeah, and just, you know, she says something in Spanish and, or was it? The Bruja just says, you will see. Yeah. The, sometimes like if it's being directed through a translator, it's not subtitled. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, this is a predominantly English film, though, so don't don't be put off by you know people like me who are put off by subtitles. Don't worry, this isn't a Spanish film. Yeah, there's Spanish speaking in it, but it's not a Spanish language film. I was really surprised at how how hot it opened because like it opens right at the mother's exorcism, and she's like clearly possessed. Mm -hmm. And she's like scratching people and her face is changing into demons and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is coming in hot. Yeah. You know, watching the trailer for this, uh, it's kind of ambiguous. And if you like read a description about it, it's kind of ambiguous of whether or not this is just going to be like, you know, like folklore paranoia or if it's actually like legit demonology, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'll, you know, spoil it in that regard. Say, yeah, there are some legit demons in this or i guess it's pretty much just the same demon yeah i think so but did you notice that the teeth on the demon has they have eyeballs on it is that what that was pretty sure i was like are those jewels i thought they were jewels but like a better look it looked like eyes that's creepy little googly eyes 
It's like this shake his face around. They go. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else to say, uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think I'd probably watch it again at some point. Yeah. Um, give it an eight. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, my biggest complaint really is that they introduced this heroin side story, which I mean, I don't know the effects of heroin off at first hand but I, I don't think there's like hallucinations or anything but still like the fact that they were like oh yeah she does heroin and then so you're you're kind of in your mind you're thinking is this a heroin induced scenario or is this actually a demon but again they don't lean enough into that to really kind of make you question it yeah so it's almost like why introduce the heroin at all right um but no i thought it was, i thought it was good that like i said the effects are really good um the, the, the demon looks cool. Uh, yeah, I'll give it an eight, too. Seems fair. Bitchin'. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our second movie, like, like we said, these two movies have absolutely nothing to do with each other, and they're completely different um, in every single way that I can imagine. Um but this one is a Shutter exclusive called Superhost. Uh, all right, Rebecca. Uh, we're gonna start off with a friendly introduction, like a "Hi, my name is Rebecca, and I'm a Superhost." Do I look at you or at the camera? What's up, guys? My name is Teddy. I'm Claire, and welcome to another episode of Superhost. We are staying in the most gorgeous home up in the mountains. So quiet here. This super host uses the name Betty Lou 52 has a nearly spotless record. It's actually Rebecca. Oh, so you're neither Betty nor Lou. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, guys? What's up, guys? You think you come out this far to get away from all those crazy people, but then you get to this house and you realize that the host might be even crazier than those people you left behind. Well, I don't want to get in the way of your trip. Wouldn't want to get a bad review. <laughs> that is the craziest shit I've ever seen. We gotta get more of her. Okay, uh, roll camera. Hi, my name is Rebecca. This is what people want to see. And I am a super host. Complete lunatics. <laughs> Rebecca, she said that she was the host of this place, but she's not. We have one final surprise for you that I think you're going to love. If anyone's out there watching, please, please help us. Please stop! Think of all the hits you'll get. Look at her. She's harmless. So when I first told my girlfriend that we were watching this, she was like, is it like a virus movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, not that kind of host. This is actually uh, about two vloggers who have a show called Superhost where they review Airbnb style vacation rentals. Yeah. If you watch enough YouTube, you've come across people like this before. They're mm-hmm. really fucking annoying. Yeah, they're so- I mean, not not just these characters, but people like this on YouTube are so fucking obnoxious. Yeah. 
Uh, this was written and directed by Brandon Christensen or Christensen. But like I said, there's these two vloggers, uh, Claire and her boyfriend, Teddy. And basically they, they, like I said, they just go to these air, different Airbnbs and they do little video reviews of each one. And they are going to this new one, which apparently is called the sugar house. Um, I feel like they never actually say that, but you see it in their video, in the video titles. I think they said it. Did like, they? Like when it, it opens up and they're kind of doing their intro for the, for the video. And, and they're very much, they're very like over the top bubbly. Just like, Hey guys, it's us, Teddy and Claire. We're here with another episode of super host. Yeah. And you're just like, shut the fuck up. And do that obnoxious thing. It's like smash the, the like button and be sure to click the bell. So you get notifications. When I was doing YouTube videos, and like I've only done a few, like I fucking hated saying that. <laughs> I feel like such a douche. And then you got like the you know like the comic book font that pops up. It shows just words that they're saying pop up on screen randomly. Yeah. But so then, like they cut, and you know. Teddy's just like, oh, that was good. And Claire's like, it wasn't good enough. It was dog we're, shit. We're, we're losing subscribers left and right. And I, I know it's that bitch from uh, Draper. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, like Teddy's kind of, you know, he's like just dealing with it. He's like, yeah, you know, we're doing the show. Cool. And Claire's very like, it has to be better. We have to get more subscribers. We have to do all this stuff to really chasing the cloud. <laughs> Basically, yeah, she's she's a clout chaser. Um, but new flavor, new flavor. <laughs> the cloud's gone airborne. You do Check find out, out my SoundCloud. Sounds like horse trash. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. You do find out later that this is like you know their primary source of income, and right now they're having to leech off Teddy's parents and yeah, like I mean, just side note. Um, over the last few years, and especially over the last year, been watching a lot of YouTube, so I've become kind of familiar with, you know, these YouTubers who have made YouTube their career. Yeah, and like to sustain that is just like thinking about it is exhausting. Yeah, and then like I just mentioned ahead in the film. They're looking at their YouTube page, and it shows that they lost something like twelve thousand view uh, subscriptions in the last month. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> um, but so they're they're headed to this sugar house, and when they show up, uh, did it, you also watch Sugarfoot? <laughs> I loved it. Sing the Sugarfoot song with me. Anyway, Arrested Development is always good for a joke. So they head to the Sugar House where they film Sugarfoot up there on the hill. No way. And as soon as they get there, like immediately things don't go horribly wrong, but things are immediately kind of amiss because of the, the code for the smart door doesn't work. And so they have to try and get a hold of the owner, but they there's no cell reception. Um, but finally, she, the 
owner just shows up and it's like, oh, sorry, we had, you know, we had to change the code. Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca, uh, even though her screen name was Betty Lou 52, but she's like, I didn't want to use my real name because yep. Creepers. Yeah, and like Teddy says, so you're not Betty or Lou. And I was thinking to myself, well, is Betty a nickname for Rebecca? But it's like, no, it's, it's Elizabeth. Beth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Lou. Betty, Betty Nooks. <laughs> I would have thought her name would be Betty Lou, not Betty or Lou. <laughs> That's what I would assume, too. <laughs> but yeah, she shows up. Um, she tells me, you know, our last guest overstayed their welcome, so we had to change the code. But she is, you know, relatively young. She's super bubbly, super bright, very, uh, again, similar to them when they're doing their vlog, just very over the top in her niceness. Yeah. It's like they, you know, are obviously walking around with a camera because they kind of got to film their first impressions. And when they try to get her on camera, she. Yeah, she immediately turns away. So I think that's probably the first time we were like, what's, uh, what's going well, on? What's your deal? But yeah, but then Clara's like, you know, we, we told you what we did, right? Like, and she says, you'd be okay with being on camera. And then Rebecca is like, oh yeah, I, I forgot. But you know, they, they start to settle in, but immediately like the toilet doesn't work. Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of funny how Teddy Teddy walks out of the bathroom. He's like, hey, that toilet doesn't flush. And she's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. She keeps saying, I hope this doesn't affect the review. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll come back tomorrow and fix it. But at this point, you do find out later there's a second toilet. But at this point, there's there's no mention of a second toilet. And so like, I'm like, I would be like, could you fix it now? Because mm-hmm. at some point. I'm going to need to poop. Yeah. I got shit. And I don't want it sitting in the toilet. <laughs> uh, but she actually ends up coming back in the middle of the night and fixing the toilet. No, she comes back. Well, she comes day. back the next day and tries to fix the toilet, but can't. Yeah. And then later comes back in the middle of the night and fixes the toilet in the shadow of darkness. Okay. Yeah. So, Yeah. He wakes up because he hears something, right? Yeah. He hears the toilet running. Yeah. And then he goes and he finds dentures in the toilet. It's icky. Yeah. <laughs> and he pulls them out instead of just leaving them there. I mean, you don't want to flush them again, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, I did find it funny that she, her fixing the toilet was her just coming and just plunging the shit out of it. And I'm like, that's not the problem. Yeah. Um, well, it's just like says, it's like, oh, uh, you know, sometimes the septic gets, you know, stopped up or whatever. It's yeah. Like, I got a septic tank in my house and like, I've never had that kind of issue before. So. Well, yeah. If it just won't flush, that doesn't seem like that's the problem. It's a problem with the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, something is also wrong with Rebecca because she is, like I said, she's super fake in everything she does. Everything she does is just so over the top. She comes into the home to make them breakfast. Yeah, well, they're sleeping. Yeah, like she just lets herself in. Yeah. Yeah. Have you stayed at many Airbnbs? Not many, but some. Okay. So pretty much, if we can avoid it, we don't stay at hotels. 
just because generally an Airbnb is cheaper. Mm -hmm. So pretty much the last handful of times we've traveled, we've always stayed at Airbnb. I think the first one we stayed at together was for our first anniversary. And it was, we were staying in like a guest room in the house, but they served breakfast every morning. It was just kind of part of their, um, you know, part of their hospitality. We weren't required to go. We we had our own entrance, so we, could, we didn't even have to walk through the house if we didn't want to. But if it's supposed to be like a private home where you're the only guest and you've rented out the entire yeah, home. It, it's one thing if you know they're going to be serving yeah. breakfast. Yeah, if you're staying in a in a private room, there's some expectation that you're going to be sharing some common spaces. Sure. But it, like when we went to LA, mm-hmm. there were two girls staying in the next room next to us. So we would kind of cross paths as we would come and go. But but yeah, if you're renting out an entire space, a house or an apartment or a condo or whatever, you don't expect somebody to be there in the morning welcoming you. Yeah, Teddy comes down in his underwear <laughs> and she's just like making breakfast and he's like, I'm half naked here. Yeah. And then like they're sitting there talking about it over breakfast, Teddy and Claire. And... uh Claire says, I'm sorry she gave you a fright. I'm like, who the fuck talks like that? <laughs> but all of a sudden, one of the security cameras dings, and you hear you hear Rebecca's voice. That's worse. You hear Rebecca's voice is says something. I don't remember what it is at this moment, but that's when you all of a sudden realize she can see and hear them yeah. and, is, and is watching them and can communicate with them. I don't think I've ever been in an Airbnb that had cameras, at least that I knew about. Right. So that was weird. Yeah, and there was a lot of them. There was like one in every room. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's the storage room that says, do not enter. Pretty standard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Rebecca just kind of keeps kind of overstepping her bounds. Uh, She says that she lives right up the hill where they film Sugar (laughs) Fun. So she can just, you know, come over whenever if anything goes wrong. But she just kind of keeps showing up. And uh eventually Babs shows up. You know Babs. The one and only, the incomparable Babs Crampton. Uh she plays the bitch from Draper, who is so mad about this negative review. Apparently it's cost her all kinds of revenue. She has to sell her house now because no one will rent from her because of this uh YouTube channel with 130 subscribers or 130,000 subscribers. It's like, that's not that many. In the grand scheme of things, no. Yeah, compared to like other YouTube channels I've seen, that's not that many. But apparently their review was just so scathing that she is now having to close down her Airbnb. And she's so, she's so mad that she drove however many miles to find them at this other Airbnb. Somehow, I don't know how she found them. I guess maybe through their vlog. But Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that they were... Announcing what house they're staying at, maybe it's not. Wasn't Which seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, but yeah, if you, I, I, I imagine if you are announcing what house you could you're staying at, it's easy to just look that house up on Airbnb or, or right. whatever service, and then find out from there. Um, it, it's really going out of your way, but it can be done, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. So Bab shows up, and she's just like so mad. She's ready to fight Claire right there on the spot. It was like. They didn't even know she was there, but she was throwing rocks she at the window. She threw a rock at the window, yeah. Like a fucking child. But Rebecca comes down and just tells Babs, she's like, if you don't get off my property, I'm going to cut you open. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Claire's like, you're kind of a badass. Yeah, Claire and Teddy are just like, hey, that was cool. Instead of just being like, you're a little bit crazy, aren't you? <laughs> Which, you know, at this point, they should have already had some kind of inkling she was a little crazy. Yeah. So to me, a violent outburst would kind of make me be like, maybe we should go. Wow. Um, but things do escalate. I mean, if you've seen the trailer or even seen a any uh, promotional art for this movie, you know that it, it gets bloody towards the end. Um, Rebecca is obviously not who she says she is. Uh, violence ensues. Yep. Etc. Mm-hmm. Don't want to give away the end, obviously. So there you go. There you go. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. But kind of slow for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, this was good because it's relatable. Yeah. You know, if you especially if you stay at a lot of Airbnbs, or not even a lot of Airbnbs, if you've ever stayed at an Airbnb and something has gone wrong, something was not up to your satisfaction, you know, yada, 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 or if you ever had you know, interactions with the homeowner. This kind of rings true to a, to a, to a, uh, a point. Um, and like uh, you said, these, the, these vloggers, like everyone's seeing these kind of people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily ones that do this, you know, where they review Airbnbs, but in other, you know, fashions, especially when they're a couple, like yeah. you know, when it's a, a man and a woman or just a couple in general. They're always playing off each other and making ridiculous jokes and stuff. It's just like, uh, it's not really that funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's relatable in that respect. Um, and just like when, when shit kind of starts going down, like Teddy's like, hey, we should leave. This is weird. And Claire is just like, we should talk to Rebecca on camera. We should do all the stuff. We should do it for the clicks. Yeah, that was kind of shitty. Like, like we don't know exactly what happened with the bitch from Draper. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, like, like you said, they were just bleeding subscribers. And so Claire is just trying to do whatever she can to try and boost those numbers, like to the point of creating clickbait. Yeah, when they talk about the the bitch from Draper video, she says, you know, that got a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. But and Teddy says, but it was clickbaity and people don't like that. Yeah. And she's like, but people watched it. Um and so yeah, you know, this this host, Rebecca, who's, you know, a little off, but has at this point been nothing but nice to them. Uh Claire decides that they want to start that she wants to start spinning this to make her look like a psycho. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I kept waiting for that to, that for like Rebecca to catch wind of that. And that's when she starts to, to go nuts. Yeah. But it, it didn't really play out that way. <clears throat> yeah. Um, when they do get Rebecca on camera, like she's telling the story of like this old couple that stayed at, at her Airbnb and how nice they were to her and let her, uh, you know, hang out with them on the holidays. Cause she didn't have anybody else. She didn't have any family. And she like, you know, this single tear rolls down her eye and stuff. And just the way she tells the story is so like, this is weird. Like everything about Rebecca is weird. It's not scary. Yeah. It's, it's just weird. Yeah. 
she's just something about her is off. You know? Yeah, like she's clearly fake. Yeah. She's like, um, her her camera presence is just like a little too fake. Um, and just over the top. And they like they tell her to be like really enthusiastic and chipper, yeah. you know, and she just takes it to like uh, you know, the next level. Yeah. So that's a little off putting considering she's nothing like that. Well, not nothing like that, but she's not like that off camera. So for her to just like turn the switch and she's just like, Welcome to Superhost, you know. Right. But she is like clearly over the top smiley and nice to them when she was just talking to them because and again she keeps saying, Oh, I hope this doesn't affect the review. So she's she clearly knows about the the bitch from Draper video and is very concerned about how they can um impact her business. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep. But yeah, like I said, it, it is kind of slow for a lot of it. Um, it doesn't really kind of amp up. You know, you kind of expect things to get weirder and weirder, and it, but it's just kind of like more weird things. It's like, here's a weird thing. Here's another weird thing. But it's not like, here's a weird thing. Here's a weird and creepy thing. Here's a weird and super creepy thing. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a, a lot of weird things, and then all of a sudden everything just kind of goes nuts at the end. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Not a super death roller coaster. <laughs> well, there is death. But it's kind of like a roller coaster where you start and you start going up and you're like, oh, and you get to like this plateau and you're just on this plateau for almost the entire movie. <laughs> and then like, like almost near the end of the movie, then it ju- then it's the big drop off. And you're like, ah. So it's Splash Mountain. Yeah, it's kind of like Splash Mountain. Except, you know, without the racist imagery. Right. <laughs> so it's like the new Splash Mouth. Right. Minus the frogs. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't so bad. No, I mean, it's, it's like, I say it's slow, but it's not boring. Right. Like, enough happens to kind of keep you still on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're, you're kind of like, you keep... Every time something weird happens, you're kind of waiting for it to ramp up. Right. And you're like, this is going to be the moment that shit kind of goes crazy. And it doesn't until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like it, the, the movie kind of keeps its its surprise in pocket because there's kind of a, a double turn near the end. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, you know, you think the movie's going a certain direction. <clears throat> And then suddenly it goes in a different direction. But I don't know. This might be kind of a spoiler, even I'm not specifically talking about the plot. But like, I think it's going in a direction and then it suddenly changes and it's going in a different direction. But then you realize that direction was a ruse and it was actually going that first direction the whole time. Yeah. So. There's also kind of little moments where you're kind of wondering who the villain really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, little bit of a surprise. Indeed a bit. Yeah. But again, yeah. like I said, if you've seen the trailer or just any imagery from this movie, you, you kind of know somewhat how it ends. Mm-hmm. I like, 
I recognize th- there's a total of four people in this cast. This this movie must have been dirt cheap to film. Yeah. Because it has one location, four cast members, and like I, I don't know what their pay was like, but you know, like it's I mean, so, Crampton's the only name in yeah. it. So. I mean, but like I've seen all these people in other things. Like Teddy, like I knew him from Supernatural. Mm. Um, and you know, Babs, I mean, everybody knows who she is. Uh, Rebecca, uh, she was in uh, Tales from Halloween. Was she? Or Tales of Halloween, yeah. Who was she? The one where the kid calls on the demon to kill all those bullies. Oh, yeah. The one with Brian Boswick? No, no. Or no, Barry no. Boswick? No. Oh, not that one. Uh, it's got kind of a dorky kid and he goes and he's like dressed up in like this armor that he made and then he gets his ass kicked. He had Noah Segan in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The the girl who was like the gang leader. Oh. That was her. Oh. But like I had to look that up because she looked familiar but I wasn't sure why. Same with Sarah Canning. She was on um, or Claire. She, she was on Once Upon a Time. I barely remembered her, but her face was familiar. So, I thought the acting was was all very good. Yeah, especially Rebecca. She's very off putting. Mm-hmm. Again, like I said, not scary in any way, but just clearly very weird and very fake. Yeah. Um, and you know, Babs is just she's a legend. I I appreciate that they didn't go the found footage route. Yeah, that would have been really easy to do. Because yeah, there's definitely you know there's scenes where they're filming their vlog and stuff, and it it would have been easy to just do the entire movie via their vlog. Yeah. And uh, it would have been awful, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to all you YouTubers out there, um, there was a, this is a bit of a cautionary tale uh, for those dickheads that just make clickbait. Yeah. So if you do that and you know you do, you should maybe watch this. There's a movie out there now called Clickbait I, from what I gathered from the trailer or from the, you know, how Netflix like plays a clip or something when you just leave it on. Um, there's like a video and if it gets a certain amount of views, then this woman's going to die oh, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's got, um, uh, Vinny chase in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We started watching that. Is it, is it a movie or a series? I believe it's a series. Okay. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't I think we only got like a couple episodes in and I don't know if we just, fell asleep or lost interest or what, but we haven't gone back to it. But yeah, that's the general premise. Like he gets kidnapped and the, there's this video posted. And if he gets something like 500,000 views, then he's going to get executed hmm. on, on camera. So yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot more of these movies that are kind of like these clickbait cautionary tales. I mean, Funhouse was a similar scenario. Yeah. Same with, um, uh, was that one with uh with um guy from Stranger Things? Right, was it Rideshare? Is that what it was called? Uh, Spree, Spree. That's what it was. Kind of same thing. Yeah, not, not so much focused on the clickbait aspect, but more Just like the clout chasing. Clout chasing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so you know, don't do that. <laughs> It's not worth it, guys. It's better to just have a job and do that in your free time. Yeah, just have that be your hobby. I mean, if you can make it a job, 
that's great. Well, like I would love to do this podcast as a job. Sure. Yeah. But like relying on listens or views or clicks or whatever for your revenue is gotta be so stressful. Yeah. Just fucking algorithm chasing. Yeah. Like I've seen not even necessarily people that focus on like, you know, how to get exposure and that type of stuff. Just common YouTubers. I've seen them do videos on like, this is how you get noticed by the algorithm or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And she's like, man, this is so fucking exhausting. For something that more than likely you started because it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like just over the years, I've seen so many people say, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I have to thank all you guys that watch these videos because, you know, between your your views and, you know, Patreon or whatever and so, you know, sponsors, mem- sponsors and-, um, and just, you know, ad revenue, I've been able to quit my job and make this my full-time gig. It's like... Good luck. All right, man. There's this one guy in particular. I won't. I doubt he'll ever listen to this, but I won't mention him by name. If he does listen to it, he'd probably know that I'm talking about him. But he uh, started like a like a mainly like a woodcraft channel, um, and it kind of expanded from there. And I feel like it was about a year ago now. He said, "Yeah, I was able to quit my job and do this channel full time." Just like, ugh. All right, man. And then he like I feel like Nick Offerman was pretty well off before that though. <laughs> but no, this guy like he he's got a, a wife and at least one kid. He might have two. But he's they sold their house, which was a pretty nice house from what I could see, um, and bought some property out in in the woods and he built this big ass pole barn um for his workshop. And then he built an apartment on on top of the of the shop, um, and his family condensed down from this big house. Well, I mean, you know, a normal sized house down to this apartment while they're building their house, which is probably going to take like two, three years or something like that. And it's like he's doing this all on this income from his channel. It's like fuck, man. I I I hope that this works out for you, but. Nothing nothing lasts forever. <laughs> yeah. Like just like I said, relying on clicks or views or whatever it is is just so um so tenuous. Yeah. And this shit didn't come with health insurance or retirement right. or anything like that. So But I mean, you know, on the flip side, there's well, not even necessarily the flip side. There's this one guy his name is Jazza. He has an art channel and he has been doing it for years now. And it's his full-time job. He supports his family on it. He's got millions of subscribers. Um, and, you know, he networked with all these other different artists. Like, he does collaborations and stuff. Link and build. Yeah. Um, and so he's doing pretty well with all the revenue he's pulling in. But it's like you can tell sometimes he's doing these videos where he's... It's like you can tell he's struggling for content, you know? Yeah. It's like you can't just do the same thing over and over. So... Anyway, that's just kind of my my view on YouTube. But this kind of sh- I mean, it speaks to this movie. It's like you can't do this shit forever as much as you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Anyway, Superhost. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was solid. Like I said, it um, you know it doesn't really amp up. There's not a high body count or anything like that. Uh, it's not a slasher. It's more of kind of a, a psychological 
thriller that gets violent at the end. Um, yeah, but overall, very good. Um, it's not like super tense or super dramatic or anything like that. Um, but it's still, uh, it's still worth a watch. Uh, I thought all the acting was really good. I thought that, um, Rebecca, which something Gilliam, I don't remember her first name. Um, Gracie, Gracie Gilliam. I thought she did a really good job. Um, I'm going to go seven. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, Rebecca or Gracie Gilliam, she was definitely the the star of the movie, I think. She seemed to um, have the most presence as far as her character interacting. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, you know, uh, Sarah Canning and Osric Chow were just as present, you know, but playing their roles, it, I think just the story itself kind of made them kind of secondary characters. Yeah. Because Rebecca was definitely the the focal point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked I liked that it was kind of isolated, and I didn't like it. I kind of would have maybe liked to see it expand a little more because that isolation it's, it's it seems like kind of a cop out. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't call anybody because there's no cell service. Oh, no. Right. Um, it's like, if you have no cell service, you're probably going to have a phone line, like a landline. Yeah. And their internet was super slow. With, I mean, that makes sense. If you if you live out in the boonies, you're probably not going to have super fast internet. Well, yeah, I just meant more to your point of like it being a cop outward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh yeah, I think I'll say seven too. All right. So there's that. There it is. We made it, guys. We made it, Taylor. Hey, we made it. Yep. That's going to do it for episode 186, guys. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple weeks with a brand spanking new episode. Yep. As of now, we have no plans. We don't? Nope. Oh, well, farts. So uh, we'll come up with something. We'll see. We always do. We'll see what what happens. Maybe Candyman gets put back on the docket. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. It depends on how long it's in theaters, I guess. Yeah, and then that's our last episode before October Ama, guys. Oh, God. I know. It came up fast. (laughs) Like, like, every time I look at the schedule, mainly to remember what the hell I'm supposed to watch, um, it's like... The year, you think about a year, it seems so expansive. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, a year, it takes forever. But then, like, you break it down into this calendar, and we do an episode every two weeks, which is a total of... 26? Yeah, so, I mean, 56 movies, or 54 movies. Yeah. Two, 52 movies, at least. Not counting October Rama's extra movies, yeah. Right. Um, but the, it just goes so fucking fast. It's like looking at you know our first episode of the of the year was Smiley Face Killers and Castle Freak, which seems like a million years ago. Yeah, it does. But like to look at it on a calendar, it's so condensed. 
and the fact that like the shows we were doing in spring seem so close to now Octoberama. It's just weird. Anyway, but yeah, so we'll, we'll figure something out for next episode. And then after that, we're going right into Octoberama. So get hyped for that. Yep. Well, that's always fun. We should maybe, I don't know. I said we should, we should think of something special to do for Octoberama, but I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Isn't Octoberama in itself something special? Yeah. We could do like some kind of giveaway or something. I don't know. Because we have so much money. Yeah. We have all the money. <laughs> Take my money, please. We give away tickets to uh, Film Fest. Of course, that only applies to anybody who's willing to go to Seattle. <laughs> True. I don't know. We'll come up with something or not. We'll see when we get there. <laughs> all right, guys. That's enough babbling from me. Yeah, it is. Um, so... Look for that next surprise episode in a couple weeks from now. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts except Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe. Smash that like button. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot and check out patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for exclusive content, including joining us live for horror business and getting to pick one of the uh, Octoberama themes, we've got a, a a blank slate where we want to know. Oh, is that why it's blank? Yeah. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. Yep. Because we do. For those who are uninitiated with uh, Octoberama, we do week of the vampire, week of the zombie, and then usually week of, and then we let Patreon pick a uh, a theme there for that one. Have we been doing that? I always thought we just... we have been doing that. Yeah. For like three years. Okay. Sorry. I, like, this year, my brain just has melted. Like, I can't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, join us on Patreon for that and uh, all the other Join us for Pong. Stuff. Join us for Pong. It's like the song. Yeah. Join us for Pong. Okay. Okay. Uh, so catch us next time, guys. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Because we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home. Tell me where you Yourself something cold, baby. Cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in, in. Welcome to my house, baby. Take control now. We can't even slow down. We don't have to go a while. Welcome to my Close the blinds, let's pretend that the time has changed